Hello, welcome to episode 23 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host and our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. I think we said last week that I had established a tagline that yeah. I was sitting here thinking about it and I forgot what it was. I think I, think was, I used the word fantastic. Everyone so, have a great life you, or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah everybody have a fantastic life. Fantastic is what I'm go life, for, I like so, it. Yeah. And it is episode 23, and I'm going to call it the Michael Jordan episode because... 23 like yeah that's what you think of thank you yeah and ross chapman is our guest today and ross told me right before we started that yesterday was michael jordan's birthday that's right so very <laughs> fitting that we're this is episode 23 23? that's right and he added that he had read every book ever written about michael jordan or by him or then and yes. is that really true I yes mean, yeah. up until a certain point in time yes uh, okay <laughs> i haven't kept up with it but Jeff, until i was about good. 20 yeah. So he's oh, okay. So he's mm-hmm. a he's a walking Michael Jordan. You know. Uh, I remember some stuff. Okay. Yeah. We, totally. Do you did you have like posters and all that? Like. Oh yeah, bedroom. posters. I mean, all kinds of posters. Yeah. All figurines. Trading cards. Starting lineups. If you ever remember those. Oh yeah. Cards. The Bulls always the had the, the best, like the starting lineup. I mean, it's iconic when they would do the whole. You yeah. Know, go dark and oh man. Yeah, I was a Pacers music. fan, but I liked Michael Jordan. Yeah. So I didn't like the Bulls. I just liked Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And we're going to get to know Ross and, and talk more to him um, today. So Ross Chapman uh, actually spoke and taught here at One Life yesterday. If you hadn't had a chance to do that, you can go on the One Life app or onelifechurch.org under messages. And you can listen to the message that he talked about. Um, and I want to get kind of your feedback on that. But before I do that, I want to just kind of introduce Ross. We want to get to know you a little bit more for people who don't know who you are. So I have a little list of some things I know about you. And I'll let you say, say more. But you're the executive director and co-founder of for Evansville, uh, part of an organization called City Shelf, which we will definitely talk about in this podcast episode. Um, but you guys have a podcast, and that mm-hmm. comes out how often? Every Monday. Every Monday. Yes. And it's five minutes? Yeah, four to five minutes. Four to five minutes. Video, podcast, or audio. And it's there's eight months that we're doing, and then we'll be done. Okay. Um, and the, the topics of those are? So it's all surrounding, kind of surrounding the idea of the roots of a flourishing city, which we kind of say, we'll talk more about this maybe today, but whole church, whole gospel, whole person, whole city, then what's your individual calling capacity? So that's the first five months. That's where we are right now. Next month, we'll be talking about work. Then month after that, we'll talk about neighboring. And then we'll talk about the idea of where's where do you have great compassion and wow. how can you work collaboratively with others who do share that passion? See, people need to listen. Uh, it's, they do. It's a, it's a heck of a lineup. <laughs> you yeah. Can, yeah. You can yeah. find it anywhere you find podcasts. Just search for City Shelf or you can go to cityshelf.org slash roots um, to find all the videos right there on their website. Um, you're also part of bringing Q Commons to the Evansville area, which yeah. uh, I know I went a couple years ago. Really great um, just thing to be able to have right here. You don't have to travel too far to get to that and yeah. be able to hear those those talks and conversations that are happening. It's one of my favorite events. You know, the Q, Q is a national conference that happens in April. And then Q Commons is kind of the regional expression of that that happens later in the fall. Yeah. And so we get to host that for Evansville, and it's just conversation about engaging culture well and get to hear from leaders in our community about specific topics and yeah. discuss them. It's, yeah, Dan, it's fun. Dan yeah. Sullivan was a speaker there a couple years Indeed. ago. Indeed. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Our He's a speaker Dan everywhere. He, he, I should think be. It's, it's, yeah. he should yes. be. He's been a speaker on this podcast, so yes. that needs to be yeah. kept in mind. And if, for those of you who may not know and be familiar with Q, what's interesting about it, I've been to the <laughs> national thing with uh, with Ross and, and also uh, it, it's – 
one of the frustrations I've always had is that they're not going to tell you on CNN or Fox what God is really doing in the world. You're just not going to hear it. And so mm-hmm. one of the things you go to Q for is just you get to hear of all the amazing things that oh, yeah. God is doing in neighborhoods and cities everywhere. And, right. Uh, just organizations through commerce, through the arts, through you name it. There's things that'll blow your mind that you're yeah. like, oh, wow, I didn't know people were doing very cool things. Yeah. So Q's very good for this, that. Yeah, it gives you a chance to kind of expand your thinking on key issues as well. You know, yeah. you hear from somebody who loves Jesus that doesn't agree with you on something. Right. And you go, oh, I hadn't heard that side of it before from somebody that... Yeah. shares this common thing we have. Which leads right into one of the other things you've been a part of, the Left Turn Films. You guys have had two films, very, um, very well done, um, and very just telling amazing stories of things that, you know, people need to hear, need to think about. Um, and what's that experience been like? I mean, it's, being a part of a film in the well, way that it's kind of just exploded yeah. um, and people seeing it. Yeah, it's really funny. I mean, I I really don't consider myself an artist, you know, and to be involved with something that, that you use as an art form to communicate with people through storytelling um, it's a really powerful way to help people think about what paradigms we're operating in when we think about who our neighbor is. And that's really what inspired the film. You know, we wanted to tell a a narrative story of some of the good stuff that's happening mm-hmm. in Evansville, but on the way kind of challenged the storylines that we often associate with poverty or race. And so that gave us an opportunity to do that. And I have to say, it was really um, funny to read the script the first time for Left Turn. Jonathan, my coworker, wrote it. And uh, we had been talking about it. I had him meet with a whole bunch of different community leaders to understand what's going on in Evansville. Mm-hmm. And comes back and he's talking about this runner who goes out of his house to go on his normal run. And usually he turns right and he runs downtown and through the historic neighborhood and really pretty places. Uh, but one day he decides to turn left. And it's a totally different experience just a couple blocks away. Mm. Literally, that's my house. Oh, wow. And those are the runs I go on. <laughs> and so I can choose to run down by the river front and, right. you know, downtown. Or if I turn left out of my house, I can go towards a different area of town that just feels different. So and the story is based on a true story? That's it's wrong. based on a true story. It really is. Wow. But, you okay. Know, well, I mean, I Jonathan that. would never say it that way, but <laughs> right. it was inspired I by like that. thinking of it that way. Yeah. Just, sometimes they're loosely based on true stories, but yeah. also it should be added that for those of you who may not know, is that it did win a regional Emmy. Uh, that yep. was the first of the left turn films and uh, it did win an Emmy. And so that's, that's pretty impressive. And that's also... A, Speaking of a great city, that's just another right great thing that's coming yeah. out that you guys that was, contributed to. It was so really wonderful. cool, and you know, Chris Weatherly helped us on yeah. that. Who's yeah. part of this community, and man, just it was an amazing thing to be a part of. But definitely not what I thought I would be doing when I first moved back to Evansville. Yeah, so pretty cool. Look at that, and um, a couple more things. We'll get uh, just still going down the list of things that Ross <laughs> about Ross. Um, part of helping the Global Leadership Summit happen here in our communities. Yeah, I love the GLS. Yeah. You know, as much as Bob Seymour lets me yeah. <laughs> participate in that, you know, it's, it been, right. he has been very generous. Uh, but I think it's an awesome opportunity for cross-sector learning together about leadership. And just, yeah. I think, good relationships come out of that. And it just fits in with this idea of a city movement and seeing our city be more of the kind of city God wanted to be. Yeah, it always blows my mind when I sit there and I listen to a great session about, let's say, like one called Crucial Conversations, one stands out, and where they talk about how to have difficult conversations in a healthy way. I think if every organization in our city that's represented in this room were just to do that one thing, right. it would change the 
profile of our yep. entire community. And so that that's the beauty of the GLS. It really does bring out kind of a, we can do this. And I think organizations mm-hmm. are getting better and we don't even realize it because of the kind of training they're bringing to the table. Yeah. I think it's great mm-hmm. too. You know, Evansville has a neutral spot for that. Not yeah. every city does, you yeah. know? And so I think that's pretty cool. It's to let us kind of grow in that and kind of be together and learn from each other. It's cool. Yeah. It's amazing to see that continually growing uh, more and more uh, community people being a part of that, not just church people coming to mm-hmm. learn um, in both Evansville and Henderson. And we've seen that grow um, in Henderson a lot the last couple of years and, and even Evansville. So it's, it's yeah, that's one thing that I love seeing is it's not just churches getting involved in that. It's more people mm-hmm. um, just part of the community. So, um, and then we wanted to talk about your education. So you're a Taylor grad. I know that's yes, the pretty. greatest place on earth. The greatest place on earth. I am not kidding. Everyone Outside of Orr Option University. That yeah, that's great. To, that's, totally. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. yes. It's good. Uh, it's it is. Um, and then uh, went to Trinity in, in where's Trinity? Chicago. Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're currently studying at Fuller mm-hmm. University. Yeah, which is in Pasadena, California. It's a good 10-day trip to have <laughs> if you're going to study. It's a good place to be. Yeah, you might as well <laughs> you know, yeah, live it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, know, you could have picked somewhere that not quite on that level. Yeah, so good right. for you. Way uh, to go. That's great. How it's long have you been doing that so far? Did you just uh, start? Or? I started in 2017. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's three years of coursework and then mm-hmm. write a big paper. All so right. I'm about halfway through the coursework right now. Yeah. How do you have time for all this? Russ? I don't have time for <laughs> all this. Because <laughs> there is a family in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, there? yeah that's right. Family. I could say it. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. wife and three kids, right? Yeah, three boys. They're yeah. five and under. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Eight months to five years old. <laughs> oh you know, so we're we're excited. We're starting school right. soon. Ross is an overachiever. You can already Man. feel it. That's mm. right. You know, well, I, I pale in comparison to my wife, to be honest. So yeah. I'm just trying to keep up. There you go. Um, and so any, any things that, um, kind of, we were just talking about Ross in general. So these are all kind of things you're involved in, but just tell us a little bit about you. You talked a little about your family. Um, and then obviously a Michael Jordan fan, anything else? I love this idea, especially, um, kind of your backstory of, of being from Evansville. You were in Charlotte and you're back in Evansville. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more of that story. So I grew up in Indianapolis area. Um, I finished high school at Castle High School and saw Evansville as kind of like a you know, just sort of the next step on the journey, but didn't necessarily consider that I would come back and live in Evansville. So seminary was in Chicago. Then I moved to Charlotte. I kind of have this big city theme in my life uh, that I thought would be just a really important part of my story. Love cities, love the big city. And so I was in Charlotte. We were there a little over five years and Candace's job actually took us there. She's a, she was a tax accountant. Um, so she got a great job there. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> All of the people in my house are currently ill, and now <laughs> I have it. Um, but anyway, so uh, I found this great organization to work with that had kind of the alignment of three passions in my life, seeing churches work together, um, the millennial generation, my generation, and then the local church. Um, and so the, the, the point of this thing that had been started by a group of churches was to be a bridge between 20 and 30-somethings and local churches. And so the end goal was not to just create a cool space, but to connect people into local communities. Hmm. And so I, I fell in love with that vision. Um, there was one full-time, found, the founder was the one full-time staff person that worked for Charlotte One at the time. And so I was the second full-time hire and uh, left. Uh, bef- as I left, I was the director. Um, but it was an awesome time. I loved it. It was my dream city, dream job. Um, and got a phone call from this, this guy on the west side who I'd met one other time. Um, I was raising funds back in Evansville to do Charlotte One. And so he was like, hey, when you're in town, just, you know, let's let's grab lunch. And there's some pastors talking about this thing called I Am Second. And 
just come hang out with us. And so I did that. We talked for about an hour and he called me seven months later out of nowhere, no communication in between and just said, Hey, I've been praying about this thing called city transformation. And I'm like, that's great. You know, why are you calling me? Good for you. I think that's an awesome idea. I started to see how Charlotte one was part of that story of transforming a city. We knew that, uh, four out of five people who attended Charlotte one events said that Charlotte one had influenced them to remain in Charlotte and every city wants to retain millennials. And so we were like, Hey, this is, this is cool stuff that we're doing here for our city. And so I knew that was like something in me that really wanted to do that. And so the, the job that was pitched to me sounded great, but I just wasn't sure I wanted to move back to Evansville. So he asked me to pray about it and sort of, you know, I said, okay, yeah, I'll pray about it. Um, but didn't really want to commit to that because, you know, when you pray about things, your heart starts changing a little bit. Right. And over the next five months after that phone call, um, I had a couple different job things pop up where I was considering different ideas. I think God does that sometimes. If he's stirring your world up. You might have more than one option. And uh, I just prayed a lot about it because I knew I wanted to do this job. Uh, but I didn't know I wanted to do it in Evansville. And so I just I had people telling me, you know, if you're going to do that, you need to you need to think about whether or not you can't go do that kind of work if you don't like the city you're in. Right. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah, it was a five month process where really the Lord just asked me one simple question, which was, I love Evansville. Do you love Evansville? Will you love Evansville? And I remember hearing clearly, too, just he doesn't need me to do this job. He's got people here doing stuff already, you know, and so this is a great opportunity to join in what he's already doing and what his people are already doing. Um, and so it was just this simple idea of, are you going to love the place that I also love? And so he loves every city. And so I decided, let's do it. Let's, let's see what happens. And my love for Evansville grew once I committed, <laughs> you know, once you commit to the idea that you love someone, yeah. all the wrinkles and ugly things about them don't change the commitment. Right. Yeah. You know, well said. You know, so I, like when I do marriage, when I do weddings, right. <laughs> that's one of the things I say in there is that we're, we're really the, the core of it is commitment. Yeah. You know, the love is expressed by choosing for the, high, the highest good for another person, as C.S. Lewis would say. Yeah. Um, and so to me, it's the same with the city. You know, you, you just commit to loving it, you know, and then it's like, wow, all these affections for it start growing and Man, I just, I love the church leaders I get to meet with. I, I love their heart for Evansville, their people, what they're doing. I love hearing from the community leaders who are saying, let's solve these big problems and hoping together that we can. And it feels like everybody's kind of aligned around this idea that we need to be this kind of city that that wants to grow and attract people. And we've got to like all work together to actually achieve that vision. So you see all these cool projects coming together because people have decided to just work together on it and say, hey, it's time to do something. Yeah. And so build, such a great, it's a great yeah. name for this series. I feel like that's what we're doing right now in Evansville. may not be huge skyscrapers, but there are some buildings, but it's mostly, right. I think it's this relational thing that's going on and this willingness to work together and see our community in a different way and not be blind to what's going on and, and say, hey, let's let's step up and work together. Well, and I've, I've, Ross, I've seen you, uh, I, I said in my intro that, that I had a, at least a fourth row seat to watch what happened. And I know who called you. And I remember when him, he said that to me that he was going to call you. I didn't know who you were. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, call somebody. That's great. It's a great idea. And, uh, but, but I've noticed that 
that is one of the things that you bring to the party is that you just have a way of being a uniter and a convener and, and someone, and I said it in our church yesterday, that I, I've, I'm not sure I've seen in my history of being here. I spent about five years away, but the rest of my life I've always been here. Mm-hmm. I've never seen quite the camaraderie and the unified action go on, especially among church leaders, and uh, but others uh, from different sectors. And so, and I know you're key to that. I've, I've, I've kind of watched it happen. It was happening already, mm-hmm. but it was a it was kind of more of a catalyzing move it yeah. forward to new things and that's just how god's wired you it's great yeah i really see that being a big part of my role is kind of if this matches this fire's already burning how do we throw lighter fluid on it and you yeah. just see what will happen with it and you know there's there's some really cool things going on there's a group of pastors that's been praying together every thursday morning for our city yep. for like years yes and that is like an amazing thing and i you know I just, there's a lot of little stories like that Yep. Um, and I remember uh, when I was thinking about and praying through moving back to Evansville, um, this guy that we're talking about that called me, he had a conversation with Eric Cummings, you guys have had on here, I think. Yeah, last week. And uh, Eric and I have been friends for a while and uh, have a good crossroads connection. And uh, he said, hey, I just had this conversation and it sounds like it's time for you to pack your bags. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? You know, it was like out of nowhere for me, you know. And so just to hear Eric affirm that too was like, that was part of the story that he probably doesn't really know that he played a significant role in that. That's right. And, so. and one of the one of the goals for this podcast is to let people know what is going on. We have a forum where we can talk about these things. And, and there's a number of people out there didn't know that Ross was doing what he does mm-hmm. uh, and all the various facets of it. But uh, people need to know that because it's it's really cool what God has provided and and put that on the the, the guy that brought you. And, and, yeah. uh, and now we're seeing great things happen as a result. It's, yeah. very, it's very encouraging. Yeah. The, fr- the first year I was here, I was doing all these meetings, just leaders around the whole area, 200 meetings or whatever, just trying to learn the city. The other thing I was doing, though, was going to other cities Hmm. and seeing what their story was and trying to learn from them and connecting with leaders in other places who were trying to wake up and think about the same things. And and one of the things I quickly realized is that there are very, very few, like less than five that have somebody waking up every day thinking about this. And I feel like it's a huge responsibility for us. We have two full-time people that are kind of waking up thinking about this. Yeah. And that's because, you know, God put in the hearts of people to go, hey, let's let's figure this True. out and maybe this is a good thing to try. And so everybody just kind of set up, let's give it a shot, see what happens. Yeah. So it is, I think Evansville has a, I think God's doing something unique and really special here. I think he's doing this kind of thing everywhere, but I really feel like we have some incredible resources, assets and momentum that might be a little bit unique across the country, so... I had a, um, my, my son-in-law was at a meeting, one of these uh, things that had gone on. Um, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a queue. Uh, but anyway, he asked a guy on a panel, uh, why, and he's, you know, he's 25 and, and he said, why would I stay here and not go to Nashville? Yeah. And the guy's response was great. He said, well, you can go to Nashville. It's a great place. But if you really want to be a part of something and truly enter it, most of places like Nashville kind of have that covered by the personalities and everything mm-hmm. else. But if you really want to be a part of something, getting on the ground floor and really see something happen, Evansville is a perfect place to do that oh, because man. you can jump in the water right now and go for it and you can be a major player. And uh, That's because such a good growing. advice. Yeah. yeah, and so he did stay, which I was really glad because it meant my grandkids stayed. So that's, yeah, that's, yeah that's well, actually, I think that's a Side great business. thing. We should, as a city, champion a little bit more. We have yeah. uh, there's a guy named Peter Kagiyama. He wrote a book called "For the Love of Cities," 
which doesn't come from a Christian perspective, but I read this book while I was, before I came. And uh, he says that, you know, you can move to a big city and the big city will make you. And that's what a lot of people mm-hmm. want, especially when you're younger, right. 20s, you want to just explore the world and find yourself, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but if you want, if you move to a small city, you can make the city. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, that's you know, just a yeah. great way to think about what is going on here in Evansville. You know, we're, you could go blend in in New York or Nashville or Indy and, you know, you could, you could have great time and that's good and great. But if you want to help build a city, like stay right here and do it in Evansville. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like I've seen that even, um, I've, I've only been to a few First Fridays <laughs> events um, downtown, but What's what I the first time I went, I remember I was walking around with um, some friends and I was like, this does, does not feel like Evansville. Yeah. And in my head, what I more what I was saying is it doesn't feel like what I think Evansville is. Mm. I think is more of the, of the thing that I'm learning is like there's all yeah. these things that are happening and I know about them, but I haven't maybe experienced them. So I think it's important, like we can talk about these things that are happening, but actually getting involved and in showing up and even like, you know, an opening of, mm-hmm. you know, like parlor donuts, you know, yeah. opened up like just something new, just going down. I know I did my part. I, I heard I, you I, last weekend. I, I did. I did. Yes, yeah. right. I mean, Jason come on. told me. And yeah. everybody else in Evansville was there too. I yeah. mean, there's, and we yeah. all did our part. Yeah. I walked in. I was like, oh, okay. This yes. won't be a short stay. Yeah. It's but important. It's, to, yeah. Absolutely. To yeah. Like support our local efforts. It was great. Right? I mean, the place looks great. I mean, it tasted great. It was, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful time. It's a, it was a small thing, but there's a lot sure, of more, no. a lot more of those things happening. I think mm-hmm. that people realize and yeah. not just saying, oh yeah, we have that, but actually going and, and experiencing them. Um, it's just as important. And, and so you did teach yesterday, um, here at one life. And again, you guys can find that on life on the one life app or at onelifechurch.org. Um, and one of the quotes you said is that you wake up, um, every morning and you ask this question of how does the whole church bring the whole gospel and proclamation and demonstration to the entire city? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a lot. Like that's, that's a, a, big, that's a question. big question. That's to, like what everybody's really trying to do, right? <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's what God's doing in our city. We just don't know exactly how he's orchestrating all of that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a great thing to be able to wake up and think about. And, you know, the whole church idea is, you know, how many churches are there in Evansville? You know, I like to ask this when I'm talking to other groups and I kind of build it up in a way that they're right. going to actually guess how many churches there are in the city. And they'll say some, you know, 300 or 200 or whatever. And I just respond with one, right. you know. And so this idea of all of us together who are in Christ, who are following Christ and leading our lives in that way, we're participating in bringing the entire gospel to bear on the whole city. And I think, you know, all of those kind of demand explanation, uh, which is what we do on our podcast. Um, but, <laughs> nice. um, but that whole Nicely gospel played. thing, yeah. you know, is we talked a little bit about that yesterday. That would probably be one right. place where I was like, man, I wish I could like spend a little bit more time there. Right. We talked about what was the reason Jesus came and what was the message that he preached. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes we get we get it nailed down to this uh, sort of reformation idea that it's it's just justification by faith alone. And once you cross that line of faith, like the story's over, you yeah. know, like the climax of the whole thing is just I've decided to follow Jesus, and therefore I'm in, you know, and I get to right. go to the big party. And I think that's yeah, of course, it's great, true, and that is like that is amazing, and we that is the vital central part of the story. Uh, but there's this bigger story that's going on, this cosmic redemption of all things that we don't know either what to do with or we just kind of ignore because we focus so much attention on that. And that's what I mean by whole gospel, you know, is, yeah, we need to share the good news that you can spend eternity with your creator. Um, and we need to demonstrate what that means 
um, but we also need to share the good news that the kingdom of God is here and you can live the life he intended right now. In fact, you can participate in more and more people actually living that kind of life. So um, one of the ways we've been trying to work out how to describe that is using this uh, story that, you know, if you went to the land bank in Evansville that has kind of a bunch of properties that haven't paid taxes. Um, So it might be a dilapidated house. You could buy it and save it from destruction, probably for pretty cheap. But that dilapidated, blighted house would remain sort of in decay until somebody did the restorative work on it. And so if somebody took the time and did all of the restoring it to its original beauty or making it a new creation, that's a totally different kind of house. So if you just saved the house from destruction and you had a neighborhood full of those houses, nobody wants to live in that city or in that neighborhood. Um, But if you had a a bunch of houses that had been restored um, to like their original intent or even better, you know, everybody wants to live in that kind of neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good kind of analogy for often what happens in our own experiences at church is we've focused on that fact that we've been saved from something horrible and we didn't deserve it. Um, and somebody paid that price for us. Um, but we don't pay as much attention to the restorative work that happens that, that demonstrates the true beauty of what God intended. And so I, I just love that. I think it's a good way to think about it. And, you know, we're still working on telling that story better, but that, that would have been something I would have loved to spend more time on yesterday. But, man, it was a lot of content. Lot. Probably yeah, people so are going, good. I wish you would have spent less time on content, no. you know, with <laughs> some more stories. That's right. <laughs> no, it was, uh, no, the, absolutely. The content was it was rich and good, and, and, uh, and especially as it applied to work and helping people see the restorative um, uh ability you know applied to their vocation and i know and i guess i'm curious about uh, because that is what the this all this work you're doing at fuller mm-hmm. you're reading all these books and you're having to go through this program but it's all related to faith and work and vocation and yeah where'd yeah. that come from i mean can you trace that back to like okay here's a moment that in my life just, yeah just oh yeah like a, it's really personal actually yeah. you ready good for that? that's okay. right that's good so, question Brett. That's um, right. yeah yeah, so you know, I have great respect for my father. He's he's been in management and kind of doing that thing for his whole life. And I thought that's what I want to do. I want to go into business and and lead lead something or other. You know, um, I thought that for a while, and then I started feeling a sense of calling into this idea of working in a church. And my brother is a lawyer, you know, and he's you know he's he's doing great stuff. Uh, my wife has said she's she's studied to be an accountant. She's doing some other stuff. And I just had all these people around me that were doing really cool things, I thought. And um, what would happen is that they would like think that I'm doing the really spiritual work. And that's probably an overgeneralization, but you know, just so proud that you want to be a pastor. And would you pray for the meal before Thanksgiving? (laughs) You know, those those kinds of things, you know. And, and, And that was all fine and good, but I just had this thing inside me that said, their, their work is this, I see it as the significant work. You know, when we right. read, uh, Ephesians four twelve, we see that the work of the pastor is to equip the saints for the work right. of ministry, right. which might even mean that pastors don't even do ministry. They equip people for it. You know, um, if you go back a couple chapters, Ephesians two ten talks about the, the works that God's prepared beforehand for us all to do. And then one chapter back is what we looked at yesterday. We said Ephesians one ten was like this big picture of what God's doing in the world, colliding heaven and earth. And so I just put all those things together. I said, man, I want to spend my studying time, like helping people 
realize that that work that they do is the thing that God wants them to do. It's the thing that counts in his kingdom. It's the very thing he made them to do. It's not some second class, you know, work or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's the implications of it are just, they just continue to go on and on and on. And so yeah. I'm excited to, to dive into it. Um, one thing that I think would be really fun to do in people's work lives is like sit down with somebody and just say, okay, let's do some sin mapping. <laughs> Basically just like, where do you see brokenness in your workspace, you know, or even in the work that you do? Um, you know, is it ethical? Are people cutting corners? You know, they talk bad about each other behind their back. Um, is the product you create even really good or is it just kind of a ploy to make money? I mean, you could do a whole bunch of stuff with right. that. And then to to come back and do some redemptive mapping and reimagining what the work could be if it was redemptive and what the workspace could be if, if the gospel came into that place. And so what kind of products are you creating? How are you making ethical choices? What's accountability look like? You know, do we track down all of the little details and make sure that they're kind of fitting into that? And so it, it's like really practical. And so I, right. I love studying that because it's <laughs> it's got plenty of capacity for like the theoretical and the big picture and the totally impractical. Right. Um, but then it can boil down into this like everyday decision. Every day when you wake up, go to work, like you get to participate in what God's doing in the world. Yeah. Is that original with you? I mean, the sin mapping thing, it, it caught oh. my eye. I was like, oh, what is no, that? Mean? No, people have said <laughs> that, that before. Oh, yeah, I don't remember who exactly. Okay. okay. You know, it's so you'd be okay like with somebody stealing it, is my yeah. point. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Take it, yeah. take it. There's a, there's a guy named Doug Wilson that he put it into four categories. He said, there's ought, is, can, and will, which kind of align with the idea of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And so if you, if you were at a business and you were looking at that or even at a school and thinking about your staff, the staff and teachers, here's the way things ought to be. It feels like it ought to be like this. Well, here's how it is. And then here's how it can be. And then here's how it will be one day when everything is perfected. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And I think that's a great framework to also use. You know? Absolutely. So With, just within your work context. You can, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. It's super practical. Yeah. I mean, it's like somebody should do that at GLS you know, do it justice or something. But Why don't you do it, Ross? No, I don't think I'm the guy we'll for that. There. <laughs> There's much brighter right. people out yeah. there for yeah, that. Yeah, well, uh, but I, I, it's it's too bad you didn't add that to the, well, you the know, content yesterday. That would have been yeah, good. Bring it back. The worksheet. Do another one. Bring There's it back. The uh, that's right. That's right. There's, There's plenty to talk we, about we on work. I, I felt like we had to talk about the city stuff too. You right. know, yeah. the series you're in. Man, I've and I think it just connects so well with the ultimate vision of what we're working toward. Right. Um, so I, you know, that was good. Um, there's one other thing that I would love to talk about. Yeah. I briefly mentioned it in, in kind of that conversation of what, what was Jesus's message? You know, we, we often talk about having a relationship with Jesus and I think that's great and it's helpful. Uh, but I think it, there's just parts where it's unhelpful, you know, so Sarah, how, how many connections would you, you say you have to people? Oh gosh. Like just in everyday life or just, well, just like connections, like however you define it. Oh gosh. Um, Let's like say on social media. On social media. I don't know. 800. Okay. Or great. So we have 800 or a thousand or something like yeah. that connections maybe. And then relationships, you know, how many relationships can you have? You know, really maybe, maybe a couple dozen, three dozen, I don't know, somewhere maybe. in there, but you have union with one person. If you're married on earth, you have union with your spouse. Right. And, and so what Jesus says that he wants is not just relationship. He wants union with you. 
He wants to be one with you. Like that's the whole scandal that we're invited into this Trinitarian God, you know? Right. And I, and I think we miss that by saying Jesus wants a relationship with you. Hmm. Um, because, you know, or, or when you hear people talk about, you know, I haven't been reading my Bible enough or praying enough. And, you know, that means that I've moved away from Jesus or something. Um, but that's right. impossible if you're in Christ because he's, you're together, you're right. one, you know? And so it's like more like you're not living out of your union, maybe, or you're not realizing it. And I think that has a, a really strong, that's a really strong foundation for understanding why we have a common union in Christ. And that's our community, take community, common and union together. Right. And that's right. the church. So all those who are in Christ have unity with each other and have community. And that's the whole church. Hmm. Um, and then you can take common mission and that's the commission that Jesus gave us. Like we have the mission of Christ that we have been commissioned as the whole church to pursue in our world. Right. And so I, I think that's like a really exciting thing to think about. And so we've got, we've got like a little diagram to try to help people visualize that. But basically you're in Christ, everyone else around you who is participating at church is in Christ and therefore you have union and you're all kind of pointing the target on what's Jesus's mission in the world. And that's how we can all work together. Wow. You know, that's how churches can go, hey, you might not believe exactly the same things I do on these issues, but we're, we're really working towards Jesus's mission. If we're doing that, then, then let's work together in some way or at least support and cheer each other on. So I, I you know, I, I think that's, that's a so rich. Good. You know, yeah, really. That's so so that's, what, see, that's why you do what you do. Yeah. You got all that nailed down and, and he's not even using uh, a sheet or anything in front of him. He's <laughs> going to roll that right out. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. It's part of that, having that question on your mind every morning, I yeah, assume. Like it you is. keep processing yep. that like in the sure. same way that, you know, you do it out of not just um, like because it's your job, because you love it. Mm -hmm. Like it genuinely, yep. you can see that when you teach about it, but also just talking about it. Mm -hmm. It's the way you communicate. Then it made me feel guilty for using the word relationship so much. Well, don't, don't, <laughs> don't feel guilty. <laughs> I mean, I but I do think the union idea is so transformative. <laughs> like if you but, think from the paradigm right. of union, when you read the New Testament, you start to notice how many times it says in Christ or in him. It does say in Christ all the time. All, it's all over the place. I think I use relationship as a, as a translation concept. I, like yeah. that's, that's mm -hmm. how it's, it's the relatable thing that right. you're, when you're united yes. to your wife, you think in terms of relationship mm -hmm. or whatever. So yeah, and it's it, an interchangeable. It, it is interesting but, though, to think about union when you're thinking about your marriage, because it starts to change some things like, Oh, we're one person now. Like the other person's gone. That person's gone. We made a new person. Right. You know, yeah, that's, that's right. Like, uh, well, what <laughs> does that put my mean head around that before? I, what does that mean? How does it, yeah, how does that mean I treat my wife? Or, uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, or how do we know. choose where to go to dinner? It's, it's, yeah. This is yeah. tough. It's, yeah, that's right. Like it, the it individual is, persons absolutely. are still that's in right. this one person, and that yeah, sounds because like, that's the journey, and, and it's yeah. with all the wonders of it and all the real challenges of it. Yeah, exactly. it's actually real life. Like you know, uh, exactly. couples who've been together for fifty years, they finish each other's sentences, they start to look the same. Like, yeah, we know where we're going to lunch. We don't even have to talk about it, and we'll sit there. We don't talk, but we had all this great conversation yeah, that's right. it's like so funny but there's so many other questions i wanted to be able to ask and you had some written down did we did. leave out anything well there's a couple but so i think we're just gonna have to see if ross can come back another time do another episode anytime just you want the part have some two. more conversation but um i do want to make sure we talk about city shelf um, yeah. and talk about the the resources that are there and what people would expect and, and why you guys created it yeah we created it basically because we felt like there were there are a lot of resources out there that i've encountered along my journey and we just wanted to get them out there for people. So City Shelf, the concept is if you were to go in your house on your bookshelf, 
this would be the shelf in your bookcase that's like devoted to the city idea. And so all the resources on there are kind of either city transformation 101, 201, 301 kind of resources or maybe neighboring vocational stewardship, which would be the work idea. Mm -hmm. There's some stuff on there about what's going on in Evansville. How do you learn about it? Um, And then we really just wanted to create a place for that to live. And the other thing you'll find on there is the speakers we've brought in to speak to church leaders um, that are totally accessible to anybody on there. So you can hear Eric Swanson and Bob Lupton and the mayor and other people like that who've come in and talked to church leaders about whatever the topic yeah. was. I think so. Dan Sullivan's message is on there from... Dan Sullivan, yeah, yeah. Q yeah, Commons. That's right, because his he's message is everywhere. I know. That's right. The Q Commons talks are on there. there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are they really? Okay. Yep. Yeah, good. So we really it's wanted to just stuff. be like an online shelf yeah. where you right. can find these resources. So the what's going on in Evansville is uh, is key part of that. I think it mm-hmm. needs to be highlighted a little bit because that's that's one of the challenges. Like, yes. Do you know what's happening? And a lot yeah. of people, even I've seen people get critical of the city and they're criticized of everything that's going on. You're like, did you know this was going on? Right. Oh, wow. we have that? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's well, yeah, people have to be convinced for over yeah. periods of time. And that's and yeah. a lot of these things translate to any city. I mean, mm-hmm. not just Evansville. Yep. Obviously, you know, we have a campus in Henderson and Kentucky, and um, a lot of mm-hmm. stuff translates very well, and we're very similar in a lot of ways. Well, so. we, we wanted the city shelf to be geared towards the Evansville area, mm-hmm. but we were aware as we built it that, you know, if it gained some sort of audience outside of Evansville, it would still work. You know, there's still plenty of resources yeah. there that are, you know, helpful for Absolutely. anybody anywhere. Cityshelf.org. Yes, yeah, cityshelf.org. Awesome. And you can also find the podcast there that um, Ross and Jonathan do each Monday. Yep. Yep. Uh, cityshelf.org slash roots. Roots. Five minute video. It's real simple, easy to watch. Hopefully five minutes. Five minutes. See, this audience can go a lot further. I yeah. Mean, well, I mean, they're more, they're more mature, you know, <laughs> That's right. smarter. Yeah. If you want to go deeper, yeah, you, know, you stay here. But yeah, uh, it's just five minutes. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Ross, it's been awesome yeah. just getting to know you better, um, learn more about just some of the passion that you have just for the city. Um, and also, it was great that you took your talent that you have and, and taught um, here at One Life. Thank you for doing that. Well, it was thanks for really asking. Great. It was an honor and privilege. No, I'm so glad you did. And, and we'll do it again. Awesome. And Brett, uh, can you tell us what's coming up this week? Yeah, this week, I I was saying before we we got on here that uh, it may be the topic. I I am passionate about every time I preach about the topic that I'm in, but this is one that's kind of one of those pet things uh, just because it's based on the life of Solomon and it's an insight. And Ross introduced the concept of the shalom of God, and that was kind of who Solomon is, is he's this... He is kind of the walking uh, analogy of that, if you will. And there's a lot of details about his life that we're going to delve into that especially are relevant to artists and business people. And we're going to kind of explore that a lot. And, and, I, and I said that this is, I'm so passionate about this particular topic. If I were to write a book, it, it would probably be on this. Mm. And I would call it, I would maintain. <laughs> I think I'm going to reintroduce <laughs> that whole thing and go back to it. And uh, I support yeah, so that. that's, what's, uh, that's what's coming up. So. And then um, you were on another podcast Yes, yeah, so I wanted to make sure we mentioned that because uh, a buddy of mine, he's had me a couple times, and uh, it's called From Nashville to Memphis, if you want to l- listen to his, and because uh, he does a drive. He's actually in the music bi- business in Memphis in a school, but does a lot of work in Nashville in the music business as well. And the drive in between, he creates this uh, discussions and thoughts and everything else. And so he had me, he asked me about the subject of death. Oh. And so, yeah, wow. so if you're, yeah, and I thought, well, it's, it, it is a drag subject, but on the other hand, it's kind of intriguing. And we had, he had 
lot of good questions about my vantage point as a pastor and having to walk people through that. And so it was an interesting conversation from what I do remember. So I wanted to give a shout out to him and from National and Memphis. podcast. Yeah, from National Memphis. And, and you can listen to that. That'd be great. Awesome. Awesome. Another way for you guys to hear more from Brett. And again, thank you, Ross. And you guys can listen to his message again on the One Life app or onelifechurch.org. And make sure you do that. It's really great information talking about your work and how that relates to everything um, from everything that you do relates to who got it. So thank you guys again. We'll see you next week. Music by Ben Brock and Micah Robertson. To find out more about One Life Church, you can visit onelifechurch.org. Or to contact us directly at the podcast, just email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. 